0: but it is pretty interesting um in fact we talk about this concept a lot but we don't really put numbers con- uh, into it so and kind of thinking about when we have skew right and we're talking specifically in spy because whenever we look at SKU in something like you know tlt or maybe you know some individual stocks it tends to be more symmetrical uh but in the equity indexes obviously um as uh as you very well know because you've traded these for uh you know since the uh,
1: odd years yeah yeah, what? I thought it was forty. Well, forty total, but on the floor, twenty some odd years. I oh, trained before there was skew.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Pre uh, uh BBS before skew.
1: That's, that's right. <laughs> BS before skew.
0: <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. So so basically we know that the put strikes tend to be not only more expensive in the SPY, but they also tend to be further away than the same Delta calls mm-hmm. in the SPY, right? So, you know, in fact, if we look at the, we'll uh, just kind of quote this for y'all. Let's see, SPY, we can go over to the uh, March cycle. Right now, the 16 Delta puts, um, are trading at uh, the uh, 359 strike, and the 16 delta calls are at the 418 strike. So that's about 28 dollars on the call side, and on the foot is it was at 31, 31, there you go. 31, 31. Yeah. It is 31. So a little bit. So always you're going to see that generally the put side uh, is further than the call. So this is going to put context to how. What is the average distance between the put and call strikes over time, in high and low volatility environments? And the numbers actually surprised me a little bit because usually, when like right now, at least the last year, where the volatility was a little bit elevated, we tended to see the skew normalize a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, and this study actually shows a little bit of the of of a different uh, story, probably because in the last you know ten years or six years, which is this study, which you're going to see. Um, The Volatility spikes have been sudden and not consistent, like 2022. Obviously, 2022 is a volatility lingered, um, so maybe a little bit of a different, you know, scenario in that case. But let's get into it. So, first slide, so, uh, you know, paying homage to your uh, uh, career in in, in, options trading, uh, prior to 1987, market option market prices been within the Black Scholes model basically meaning put some calls up and down the option. She would have nearly identical IV. So, Tony, how did you guys price options before the SKU?
1: How do we price them before SKU? Yeah, basically equal distance. If, you know, somebody was yelling, a stock was 100, and somebody was yelling for the 120 calls, and they were like, dollar bid, dollar bid. Um, if you were looking at somebody, said, what's the market on the 80 puts? You might say 90 cents, 120, because you knew that they were going to be the same price without even having to look um, at the screen. Yeah, uh, I can
0: see you smiling. You are reminiscing about those days, huh?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if they if somebody's got them at fair value at a dollar and you buy them at ninety cents, that's pretty good. And if somebody has them valued at a dollar, even though they're talking about calls, not puts, um, and you sell them at a buck twenty, you probably got an embedded, you know, ten or fifteen cents worth of mm. of edge in that trade.
0: Got it. Got it. Now, out of curiosity, on a, on a relatively similar note, but a little bit of a different question when you guys went to Vegas in the eighties, where did you guys usually stay? And, and what did you guys usually plan for how much?
1: And what does this have to do with skew and high versus the low?
0: Because when you were in the market making industry business, right, you said that you took 15 cents an edge off each contract. Now I'm thinking if I took 15 cents of edge on each contract and did that a million times, I would have fifteen million dollars at my disposal, so I'm just uh, curious.
1: 15, 15 <laughs> cents is 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 really you know a hundred and fifty bucks. So um, my apologies, hundred and fifty million dollars uh, on a ten on a, on a ten lot. So I mean you know I mean contracts you're, you're tra- talking about. We would trade a couple of thousand contracts a day. Now not everything had fifteen cents edge on it. Sometimes there was no edge, and sometimes there were there were losing trades too. So. To answer your question, um, you know, I, I don't I don't a hundred bucks, you know, like that kind of thing would be a bet. And we always stayed at the golden nugget.
0: The nugget. I love it. Okay, anyway. Sorry, I have to insert that yep. at least once. So okay. So anyway, following the painful lesson, the crash market has consistently been prepared for large downside moves in the upside, right? Nineteen eighty seven, I think the Dow was down like twenty-two percent on the day. Um and this effect is seen in the volatility right? So if you go actually to the platform, you know, and you actually pull up um, you know, the uh, IV column for each individual option, you'll see that uh, as you go down the put side, the implied volatility of the individual strike increases, while if you go up the call side, the volatility actually decreases, which is um, what we usually see in equities uh, all the time. This is almost no, no exception to this rule now this results in the puts the same delta being further from the spot price than the calls so the question is now how does this vary as volatility goes up and down um when we say volatility we're talking about general market volatility when market volatility goes up we're going to measure that by the VIX how does that change the difference of the distance and the strikes uh from the puts and the calls okie dokie okay let's take a look so it's number two all right so we're going to do six years of data in spy options in the VIX. we're gonna take the each, we're gonna go to each date, (laughs) um, basically each day, we're gonna look at these 30 Delta strikes and the 16 Delta strikes for both the put and the call side. Remember the put side right now is a $31 away, the call side is, what did I say, 28. So they're actually pretty symmetrical right now. Mm -hmm. We examine the ratio between the distance from the spot price to the put strike and the call strike. So this little formula down right there basically just says call distance Divided by put distance. That's what we're measuring. I'm sorry. Put, put distance divided by call distance. So in this case, the ratio would be thirty-one dollars divided by twenty-eight dollars. That would be about one point one, roughly. Okay. So um, now we're going to contrast those values, the overall values, and those uh, in in the on the average to those in low volatility. And in this case, we're going to define low volatility as very low, right? So notice that this is looking at the extremes. Uh, 11.2, the reason we picked 11, why it's a specific decimal is because that represents the bottom 16% of values, right? So if you take the VIX and you sort the VIX values for the last six years, by and from lowest to highest, 11.2 represents the the edge of the 16th, I'm sorry, the uh, the bottom 16% of values. Okay. And above 25.4 represents the top 16% of values. Um,
1: the, 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 from from recent market action, that looks low on both ca- both accounts. You know what I mean? Like 25 looks low uh, to be the high, and 11 looks way low to be the low. When you're looking at volatility today, um, and I'm just looking at forward slash VX at 21. VIX is probably closer to, to 20 and a half or something like that. Let's see what VIX is right now. Uh, $20 even. Um, it seems it seems a little bit low, but, but okay. Yeah, And it, it, it is cool to see, you know, despite
0: it seeming low, you know, looking at the last six years, 25, ooh, that was the top 16% of yeah. volatility. Value. So it just goes to show how wild 2022 has been. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um. You know, and, and we've made that case many, many times. I mean, there was so how many times in 2017 we were sitting in the VIX of 12, you know, and 2019 again, and then, and then, you know, through the majority of 2016 too. I mean, you know, so you, right. you really think of this and it's like, Oh, it starts to make sense. Cause you're like, Oh dang, I forgot the last, right. you know, six years was a, was a very different. So, um, all right. So let's go to the next slide. Now, this is the results. And the, the results are actually kind of a little bit like maybe not shocking, but they're a little bit kind of weird to look at. But if you actually uh, separate the the, the columns, um, by kind of you know understanding what each column is it actually makes a lot of sense and, and it's kind of cool to see the numbers play out So first what we know is if we take a look at the th- average distance between the 30 delta put and the tall straight that's basically the you know if you take a look at these six six numbers at the top it's the first one and on, on the left side so 1.16 is the average ratio of the 30 delta put Distance to the 30 delta call distance, okay? Um, which means that the 30 delta strikes, the big takeaway from here is that if you look at the difference in the strike distances from the 30 delta options and the 16 delta options, which are 1.55, you're gonna see the 30 delta strikes are almost always gonna be very symmetrical. Right. Whenever you sell a 30 delta strangle in the spies or probably in every other equity index, you're gonna see a very, very symmetrical distance between the put and the call strike. Just because, and then you can think of this intuitively, because if you think about it, 30 deltas is actually pretty close together. And it's very reasonable to see uh, a move to the upside when you have a 30 delta call and a move to the downside when you have a 30 delta put and get tested on both sides. That's that's pretty normal because and that's what's reflected in the markets. So the markets do take that into
1: account. And what you're what you're really highlighting here. Are those fat tail skews? You're really mm-hmm. saying that the at the money meat of the of the option chain is fairly symmetrical. You know, a couple of pennies one way or the other. The further out, uh, further out, you know, away from the from the at the money options, you're getting a lot more um, volatility skew to those options. But then you got to remember that same couple of pennies has a lot more effect on those further out of the money options. Than it does on the meatier fatter options on a percentage basis. That's right, and, and and it's also important to know that you know
0: the reason. And if we got this is good. So if you go to the the bottom row, right, one point one five or one point five five, that's the ratio of the distances on average from put strikes and the call strikes. So basically, that means on average, if SPY was trading at hundred dollars all the time, the average uh, distance on the put side, it, or rather, if the average distance on the call side, if it was ten dollars. And the put strike will be fifteen dollars away, right? That's what that means. It's basically, a fifty percent further away from at the money on the put side than the call side. And if you really think about that, right, you may be asking yourself, well, how is it if it's the same delta? Doesn't why is it such a different strike? And and the answer is because the market understands after that, you know, basically when skew was priced in that, hey, if there is a move to the downside, it's going to be much bigger than if there is a move to the upside. Right. And the options have to price that in because, you know, theoretically, I mean, if we really think about it, if skew was flat and you were thinking about buying a put versus buying a call, you'd buy the put every single time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, right. Yep.
0: So and, and, and the thing is, if the put's cheaper, you'd even more you would buy it even more percentage mm-hmm. of the time because you know the potential move to the downside would far exceed the multiple of the credit that that you would sell. Mm -hmm. That's why the put has to be further away to compensate for that. Now, the funny thing is is when you get to low volatility environments, the number doesn't actually change all that much. So it basically says that the skew is a skew throughout nearly all volatility environments, except when you get to the high volatility side, right? When you get to the high volatility side, and again, this I would even think would need a little bit more exploration. It's a good uh, jump off for another piece. Because notice here when the vol- volatility is high, it actually shows that the thirty delta call the thirty delta puts rather become further than the than the calls. It goes from one point one six to one point two five as the ratio of the strike distances. But also the sixteen delta puts. Um, and it's interesting because the last year really we haven't seen that. We've seen it level up very symmetrically, like we're seeing right now, which basically the same distance away. And I think this is my speculation, one of the reasons for that. Hey John, you got a little bit of a, a schmutz on the on the left side of the screen.
1: Schmutz.
0: <laughs> the um, the reason for that, I think, is because um, when you have volatility high and steady, that's when you get the flat skew, like we're seeing right now, because volatility has been high and steady. Mm-hmm. But in the last six years, I can point out many instances where in 2018, as an example, 2016, um, 20, I believe there was an another, uh, 2020, another good example, where the initial spike in volatility from like, let's say, 15 to 30, mm-hmm. the skew drastically increases yeah. before flattening out. And I think that's what the why the high volatility column is a little bit more saying that there's more skew and high volatility, even though right now we're not seeing it.
1: Yeah, and it also makes a case for for it being mean reverting, too. Um, Mm -hmm. As it pops up, it comes down quickly, too, which is nice. That's right. That's right.
0: So so a lot of takeaways within these six numbers, I think. So it's it's a really nice um, way to look at. So, all right, let's go to the final slide and wrap things up here. So... As a measure of volatility skew, the ratio between the distance to the puts and calls of equal deltas was more extreme with further out-of-the-money options. Right? 16 deltas were much more skewed than the 30 deltas. That's understandable. Um, makes a lot of sense. We take a look at something like SPY, which crashes to the downside, but rarely to, to the upside. Uh, traders looking for high probability out-of-the-money trades need to stay away, aware of this uh, to avoid the unpleasant surprises. And, and to be honest with you, I think that's that's a really good point, right? If you don't have the delta column... Right on your platform. If you just trade based off the strikes, you're going to look at the 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 put, and you're going to say, "Dang, this put's always more expensive than the call I'm trading." And then you're, and then you may want to start trading the put more until something like 2020 happens, and then you're like, "Oh my goodness, okay, I, I understand now, now I was getting paid so much for this." But that's important to stay away aware of that. And um, you know, when volatility was high, this went uh, the skew actually increased a little bit uh, before, obviously flattening out when volatility stays steady. And for iron condors, uh, whenever we trade iron condors, it's important to realize that when you fix when you trade the wings, that takes away the, a lot of the skew. So you have to. So when you're trading iron condors, it actually may be okay to go equidistant uh, because much of the skew is taken out by the option you're buying uh, right after the option you're selling. So, um,
1: yes, yeah, skew is a big killer to iron condors. Yeah, yeah. Because you're selling the, the meat or the closer to the money, which it doesn't have as much juice in it relative to itself, and buying something that has high implied volatility. That's right. And and I'll even go
0: further and say, let's say you sell the 16 Delta calls and puts for the Iron Condor, and you buy the couple bucks away. Well, sure, the SKU is a lot for the 16 Delta, but the SKU is also bigger for the 10 Delta options that you're going to buy, and all of a sudden... The net skew of the position disappears as well. So, far and condors is a little bit of a different story. We're basically just talking about the uh, the naked options here.
1: Anton, what can't you do? The myth, the man, the legend. Thank you so much for coming on for this market measure and tighten it all up, putting a nice bow on it. Really appreciate it. Um, I haven't seen anyone do something like this since the last time Saznov was out. So thank you so much for coming back on again. We're going to take a quick 90-second break. We'll bring in Mr. Scott Sheridan from Tasty Works World Headquarters. Anton, you go back and fix your hair. We'll be back in 90 seconds with Tasty Live.
0: The content of this podcast is provided solely by TastyTrade, Inc., and are not the direct views or opinions of any of its affiliate companies. This content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a research report, trading or investment advice, or a recommendation that any investment strategy, security, or futures product is suitable for any person. You are responsible for making your own investment decisions in light of your individual investment knowledge, objectives, and financial situation. Applicable supporting documentation for any claims, including claims made on behalf of options programs, comparison, recommendations, statistics, or other technical data will be supplied upon request. Tasty Trade, Inc. is not a licensed financial advisor, registered investment advisor, or registered broker-dealer.